Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. What? No Dixie Darlin' imitations from you, Sander? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of yeah. preoccupied with, with putting forth an a, a award-winning show today, Bob. Sorry about All that. All right. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, welcome to the Eagle Hour. We're in the First Bank studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke is out today. They're doing some technical repairs over in uh, Laurel, which prevented Luke from joining us. But uh, we're glad you're with us this afternoon. As we spend another hour of Golden Eagle Sports Talk. Uh, opening segment of the show, sponsored again today, as it is every day, by Dickie's Barbecue. And uh, what a great place to enjoy food seven days a week. Great place to cater your next event. They can cater your next tailgate at Southern Miss Kelly Center. And, uh, and is that Scary Gary? It is. Scary it, Gary just walked in the building? It is. Of course, we're getting to be toward Halloween. So. Boy, it is just a weird day today, is it not? <laughs> that was Scary so, Gary. Yeah, Scary Gary walked in the building and uh, and just left. Anyway, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Uh, glad to have you with us. And uh, Kelly, I know you'll uh, confirm that about Dickies. What a great place for the next tailgate. Uh, let Dickies and those guys do it, and you know you'll be the hit of the tailgate. Party. And you can you don't even have to get out of your car. If you're on your way to the tailgate, you can just go to the drive-thru, maybe call in your order a day or two early. And um, they'll and they'll do the best they can, even at preparing it, even if it's not a day or two early. But if you want everything to be just right, homecoming, you know, coming up at Southern Miss. So you want to be able to enjoy all those other festivities and not have to worry right. about cooking at the tailgate. That would be a great day for Al Holder to pitch in tailgate, supply a bunch of Dickies food, and invite me and you over to the tent. Yeah, but it's still three weeks away, and you know, at Al's age. With- <laughs> We may not have him for another three weeks. So. Something tells me he'll be around okay, for right. a long time. All right, Heath Hinton from Big Old Nation joins us on the Eagle Hour today. And Heath, before we get started in all the sports talk, I want to bring up something that I just mentioned to you and Kelly. I think Kelly was aware of it and you. But I saw, I saw a piece on social media this morning where a television reporter in Tuscaloosa showed a picture of the Alabama locker room and talked about even after a, a, a drubbing and a tough night like Southern Miss went through, that the staff there cleaned up that locker room and made it look like it did the minute they walked in. Apparently, a lot of schools don't do that. They leave a messy. But the Southern Miss people did not. And I just think, Heath, what a, what a tribute to the, uh, to the training staff and to the uh, football program that, that they have that much class after, after such a tough night. Sure. I mean, it's extremely classy. Uh, you take a, you know, take a whipping at Alabama, but you still got enough class to clean up. There's always an adage in sports, leave it the way you found it. And that's what Southern Miss Equipment did. So it's just uh, excellence on their part. And congratulations to them on getting some recognition of it. Yeah, I, I, just, I, thought, it, I just thought it spoke uh, very highly of, uh, of the people that are responsible for that. All right, uh, Kelly and I here, we analyzed uh, in some detail yesterday our observations of the game against Alabama. I had a guy say to me this morning on a conference call, he's uh, it was within our company and uh, 
a Southern Miss graduate, and he said to me what Kelly and uh, and Luke said to me yesterday that he thought there was improvement in the team and that he was very proud of uh, how courageously they took on that uh, big challenge. Your thoughts, Heath? I thought there was, uh, of course, you know, you never want to take a loss. And I'm really not a big person on moral victories. Um, I just never have been. But once you go back and you look at the film, you look at Ty Keith, he's getting better week by week. He won't be facing that type of defense every week. As a freshman, he's getting better and better. You saw improvement there. Offensive line, even without Arvin Fletcher at center, did an extremely uh, good job of pass blocking. Look, I'm really sure before that game started, a lot of people have said, you know, well, the run game didn't get going. Well, when right now, when the run game is what they're going to key on, when Nick Saban says uh, we're going to stop Frank Gore, they're probably going to do that. So it's uh, that's just part of the beast of Alabama. They're so talented at so many positions. You line up on the field, it's nothing but five stars. They got five star backups and third stringer five stars. So it, it, you see the, you kind of see the the gap there in college football. But there were some good things to take away from it. Uh, the first drive, uh, really strong, getting the tight end involved. Uh, Ties do a better job making better decisions. He could have ran. Cavallo was open at the sticks. He could have just dumped it there. Tried to make a throw. Uh, but that's something he's going to learn. And, look, there were some good spots in it. And I think, you know, going forward, like Rice is not certainly Alabama. And before we even talk about Rice, Bob, I've got a beef. I've got a beef yeah. here that I, that I have to air, and, and he, you can get in on this too. Earlier this year, it was announced that Southern Miss was, you know, had reached an agreement with Southern Prohibition uh, Brewery about coming up with a – a beer reminiscent of Southern Miss, right? That that some Southern Miss was going to get a cut from this, and it's another way of thinking outside the box to raise money. And Southern Miss's beer was called Gold Rush, which we've publicized here on the show. And full disclosure, right. I've had a few. Right. It's D- good. Does it? It's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It is. Okay. So then Charlotte comes out with the same with the same sort of deal, and they call their beer Gold Rush copycats mm-hmm. all right this whole week rice on all their social media has come out with their new slogan guess what it is not to the top owls to the top did you hear that heath that's just that sounds like a I lawsuit did. i did you know uh that's part of the course for southern myth i mean let's just call it like it is we have a we have an eagle head and that looks like you know supposedly Iowa, not even close, and then uh, ESPN still hasn't got our logo straight for five years. They're using old graphics. Uh, you've got people copying the beer, and now the lo- logo. Hey, uh, was it imitation is the greatest form of flattery, I guess. Yeah. They want to be like Southern Miss, so I guess they want to imitate Southern Where is Lee Applewhite in all of this? Why is he allowing this to happen? You know, I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to Lee about that. Uh <laughs> Just, just get out. I don't know. Lee's got to do a better yeah, job yeah, in that area. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I saw the other night, guys, at Appalachian State, they called their, on their stadium, it says, Welcome to the Rock. Nothing sacred. Yes. 
Well, we need to no, get, nothing is sacred. get all this stuff Not patented to where there'll be a fee involved, you know, if yeah. somebody, somebody uses uh, those different slogans. But when you, look, when you look at the schedule the rest of the way now, obviously the Alabama game is an anomaly, a, a game that is unlike any of the ones that Southern Miss plays. In the Conference USA schedule, you really couldn't come up with a better one-two punch in the next two weeks of Rice and UTEP. As far as building no. confidence, allowing your team to get better over a three-week period, if Southern Miss is to contend for a title, the schedule, as it turns out, I think did them a favor. You're correct. I actually did a story on Big Old Nation uh, last week talking about slow starts are the norm for successful Southern Miss coaches. You go back and you look at Jeff Bauer, didn't win, didn't win his first game as a coach, only won three games. Uh, Larry Fedora... He went two and six in his first eight games and had to win, went out the rest of the season. You look at this schedule, it's very winnable going down the stretch. UAB going to be tough, but Middle Tennessee, North Texas, you keep getting better and better in those games. And then you got UTSA and Louisiana Tech on the road, but you keep building, you keep getting better. Maybe a different team by the time that UTSA game comes around in La Tech and you finish up at home with FIU. So it's, it's a situation where as long, if you see continued growth, this team could be clicking on all cylinders by the last quarter of the season. Let's talk at Conference USA about teams that have overperformed to this point, teams that have underperformed before we you know, talk about the Rice game coming up this weekend. In my opinion, a team that is, has really overperformed in my standards, apparently not by a lot of the prognosticators who picked them to finish very highly this year and to be much improved, Overperformer for me, UTSA. Underperformer for me, FIU. I think FIU has been a horrible disappointment so far. What are you? What? I want you to hold that thought. We got about. Okay. Three. Just hold that to the next segment, Heath. You good with that? I'm good with that. All right. I'm we're going to come back with Heath. We'll get his opinion of that. Couple uh, programming notes. Luke will be joining us. Uh, in the third segment of the show, we're going to find him by phone. Friday. Uh, Jeremy McClain comes back on the Eagle Hour. And Jeremy's always been very open and always willing to come. And Kelly, so many things out there floating around to ask him about. Should be a really interesting interview. And we're going to ask him. And he knows that. And and he's willing to come on and answer those questions. So, uh, I mean, nothing bad. But there's just so many many things out there about conference shifting and schools going from one conference to another. Great, uh, great time to be talking to Jeremy McClain. That's coming up this Friday, and I know right. we're going. I know the show in October. We're going to be all over the place. We're going to be doing a lot of remotes in October. Kelly and Michael actually Thursday will be in Sandersville, the Oklahoma Casino, back at the Sportsbook. And that's a sign things are getting back to normal, right? The Eagle Hour is back at Bocoma. And if anything is normal like at Bocoma, I'll be washing dishes once the show is over. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back more with Heath Hinton right after this. Southern Miss to the top. 
Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. That's where you need to go when you want to get some Southern Miss apparel for your home, for your car, for your body. They're open six days a week on Hardy Street. Miss Kathleen and her staff are just fantastic. You can shop online at campusbookmark.net. And I got to tell you, Bob, too, you're sporting your your Southern Miss gold shirt today with the logo yeah, on the left. Like that, that is a snazzy looking shirt there. Thank you. You know where I bought this shirt? Let me guess. Campus Bookmark? You got it. Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street. You said where you where you bought it. I bought it, yes. Of course, you know better than to I know. You've me. never bought a shirt, Kelly. Sometimes <laughs> what you do is you go to a store and you give them money, and really? then they give you a shirt in exchange for that, yes. Well, really, I just, I, you know, I'm as big as a billboard. Usually right. people just give it to me as and, an ad. And based on that shirt you're wearing today, you must have found that somewhere. I would just want to know if Kelly found his uh, red red sneakers yet. That's what I want to know. Did the red kicks, have they showed up anywhere? Those are in the Smithsonian, Heath. <laughs> along well, with the along with the red job. slippers of Dorothy, <laughs> right next door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Heath, you had an opportunity to think about this overachievers. I mentioned UTSA, of course. A lot of people expected that, but and and to a degree, to a degree, a little a little bit, I did. But FIU just has been a, a gross disappointment. Your thoughts on both of those so far? I think those are you know UTSA this season, yeah. Uh, especially the comeback win at Memphis, I thought was pretty impressive. They're going to be a team that's going to be a lot of fun to watch down the stretch. I do agree about FIU, but I didn't really think FIU was going to be all that good this year. But one team I think that is underachieved, and I think it goes back to last season, is North Texas. Yeah. You know, yeah. their coach was uh, a lot of people, he was thought of to go after Kansas State. And then last season, they're four and six, and this season, they're one and three, zero oh and two in conference USA. Uh, it, you know, was he winning with other people's recruits? Is his recruits not working out for him? It, it's just an interesting situation they have over there to go from a guy who they wanted at Kansas State. He wouldn't go because they wouldn't take all of his assistance. To you know, they're starting season two and it's not looking good. So that's a team that's kind of, I don't want to say let down, but maybe. It, you would thought they'd had more success by now. Now, guys, if you look at Rice and you see they're one and three, you think, well, they're they're not very good. But they played a pretty tough schedule: Arkansas, Houston. Uh, uh, the third team slips my mind, but but a very competitive program. Uh, Heath, they play some pretty good teams. They may be better than their record indicates. They played some really good teams. You look at it, uh, Arkansas. Uh, put 17 points up. Houston only put seven. They lost to Texas. They didn't Texas, put a point that's up. What Texas. Yeah. And then the one that really kind of makes me turn my head a little bit is Texas Southern. Right. We're talking about a, not a very good football team that they, Texas Southern put 34 on them. They won 48 and 34. So, um, you know, this, looking at everything that you're seeing so far, uh, Maybe they have a Southern Miss go in there and uh, get the win. I think the spread I saw is at two and a half. The Southern Rice Miss is, is the underdog by two and a half, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Rice is favored by two and a half. Yeah. But yeah. you get three points for the home field advantage. So, uh, you know, it's really a pick them. But I think this is a game Southern Miss has to circle and – if you're gonna turn the season around, this is a game that you have to win. And which if rice will haul, in my opinion? And which rice team is going to show up? Is the rice team that really handled out, uh, Arkansas? 
they had Arkansas beat for three quarters, right? So uh, they yeah. showed some really good play against Arkansas or the lackluster team that showed up against uh, Texas Southern, albeit yeah. a win. Um, but that's a big question mark here. But again, going back to what we were talking about in the, in the Alabama game, if you look for improvement, and Will Hall keeps saying week by week we have to get better. And I think despite the score, they were clearly better this past week than they were the week before. And if that trend continues, this is certainly a winnable game for Southern Miss. Well, and I agree with Heath. To get this turned around, they really need this one. The one stat that jumped out at me about the Alabama game, and you brought that to my attention yesterday, was they only gave up two sacks when they had been giving up sacks right and left to much, much weaker competition. If you hold that Alabama defensive front to two sacks, that's pretty good play. I agree. One of those, if you watch that sack, it was almost key step up in the pocket. He's probably not going to get sacked and get the ball away, but he rolled out and really rolled into the defensive end. So, I mean, once again, improvement that can be that can be made. But he did it later in the game where he started stepping up in the pocket. So you can see the wheels turning. You can see improvement being made. If Southern Miss, you know, offensively, if they feel like to dig against Alabama, they they could put up points against Rice. Uh, they really need uh, to win this game Saturday. Yeah, Rice doesn't have the wide receivers Alabama does by any stretch of the imagination. No, they don't have any and the players speed at that point. Um, so you look at that, and the way the defense is played against opponents that are at the level of Southern Miss right now. This is a very winnable game for Southern Miss. So Heath is uh, said, is Arvin Fletcher. What what is his status? I think he's going to be fine this week. I think they just held him out uh, against an Alabama with a you know it seems like he injured his lower leg. So I mean you hold him out. There's no reason to put him out there. You get him ready for conference play at this point. Yeah. So I think he's going to be back. Uh, that'll be a big lift and. Uh, you know, uh, look, if the offensive line play like they did against Alabama, it, they're going to have success. Well, we'll see if there's improvement this weekend. This will be yeah. a really good test to see. But I don't think you can ever underestimate the power of confidence. All right, so they play, you know, they lost against Alabama, but there were signs of improvement. If they go into Houston this weekend and beat Rice, all right, so there was improvement against Alabama, something to build on. Then you actually win a game. Oh. against Rice, the confidence that that builds coming back to a homecoming game against UTEP, which is also a winnable game, although by all accounts, UTEP is improved. They're better. Yeah, so confidence goes a long way in that puzzle, I think. Right, no question. All right, look, we've got three and a half minutes left in the segment, Heath. I want to get to basketball before we let you go. I understand basketball practice now has started. Uh, and, and we love the basketball coach here. He's He truly is a fantastic guy. And I think he'd probably be the first to tell you this as well. This is a year that the basketball team needs to win more games and show that they're moving in the right direction. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, I think it's a total fair assessment. And I think, uh, in fact, speaking with Coach Ladner many times, I, he's, he said that. He said, look, we've got to see improvement this year. And you look with the pieces that they got, I think you this team will be a lot better. I think they will get more wins. Uh, you know, it's just going to depend on them how many wins they, how many more wins they get. But I think uh, you start looking at some players they got in. I think one guy that people are going to be uh, really, it's really going to be a lot of fun to watch is a guy named Mo Arnold. 
He's a transfer that they got come in. Uh, sophomore, I'd pick him. But you talk about I got to go, you know, kind of watch him uh, shoot around a little bit, and he can defend. He is uh, he's a lockdown guy defensively. You got Stevenson back. Uh, you know, Mark Jackson, Deron Pierre, he's just going to go ahead and get better. Isaiah Moore, another guy. Watch out for uh, DeAndre Pickney. Rashad Bolden, a young kid that's a point guard that they really are high on. Uh, Denajay Harris coming back. I think this uh, – getting Stevenson back for sure and Harris a little bit just made him deeper. And I think – I'm interested to see how he's going to play is it going to play the best five he has or the five that play best together? There's a lot of things going forward. He's going to have to work out on a rotation. But he does have more talent on this team than he had in the past. So I think you're going to see more wins. How many more wins? I don't know how much of the team come together. They were not a very good shooting team last year. I think if they work on that, if they can make some open shots, they win four or five more games and – uh they don't finish last in, in the, the Western Division. So, I mean, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of positives with this team, but we just don't know yet. But they did start practice today, and they're excited about but it. But part of the problem with their shooting percentage last year is there was no presence inside. They, they, they just did not have a big guy that they could go inside to. Now, Artur Kanatsik, as uh, Heath Hinton has told us, Kanatsik is out for the year. Had some yeah. had, had a surgery, so he will not be playing this year. But Isaiah Moore, who Heath just mm-hmm. talked about, Moore played at Pearl River Junior College, was part of that uh, uh, undefeated team a couple of years ago, went to St. John's, I think, or maybe came from St. John's to Pearl River and then was going to go somewhere else. And then Tay Hardy, who was already at Southern Miss, his former Pearl River teammate, was able to get him to come, come back to uh, Southern Miss. Isaiah Moore could be a presence inside. Big, long guy, strong inside. He's he's got some mental work to do because he's he's a guy that can really wear his emotions on his sleeve. And if it goes downhill, he can go downhill fast. But I think Isaiah Moore is a guy to look for inside as we get closer to basketball season. I I, I agree with you, and don't forget he did go over to Georgetown and put a double double up or a triple double uh, while he was at uh, St. John's. So the guy can play. He can make baskets. He's going to be a difference maker for them this year. How are they going to split time with him and Tyler inside? Are they going to play them both together? That's going to be interesting going forward. All right, Heath, thank you very much. Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. Great website if you want to keep up with Southern Miss Sports. We'll have Heath back on the show again next week. Coming up, we're going to track down Luke and uh, see what's going on uh, with him over in Jones County. Stay with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Third segment of the Eagle Hour, sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. We love those guys down there. They had a great golf tournament for a great cause this weekend. We enjoyed our visit down there. Remind you, they have the best $8.95 plate lunch in Hattiesburg, Monday through Friday. I think the best poor boy uh, sandwiches uh, in Hattiesburg. And always good cold beer, Kelly Santer, and lots of pool tables and Southern Miss memorabilia. And 
There's always a game on a TV somewhere. And there's they have so much Southern Miss memorabilia that they have to change it out periodically. Right, right. 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 And so. people donate, continue to donate really nice relics from the Southern Miss vaults. Fantastic guys, Forest Street Bar and Grill. We uh, highly recommend that uh, you enjoy a meal down there or an evening, and uh, we don't think you'll be sorry that you did. All right, Luke Johnson, uh, we've got engineers coming in and out of both buildings uh, here presently, so they kind of ran Luke out of the First Bank studio in Laurel, but we caught up with him on the road. Luke, you got some news to share about Southern Miss and some uh, some things that may be very interesting. Yeah, well, first off, Houston didn't run me out. He was really polite about it, but he, just, he didn't <laughs> think that he could. Uh, it, we could pull it off. And also, just a, a quick comment about 4th Street. Do you think we should get the 2003 Liberty Bowl Offensive MVP trophy in there on loan? Who should won do that? that? Do you have any idea who won that? Oh, boy. It was a punter. Uh, he punted eight times that day. And and you, you think about – I was telling somebody this the other day. You know the coaching staff for that Utah team? Urban Meyer was the head coach. Uh, Kyle Whittingham was the defensive coordinator. Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator. And somebody really dear to your heart, Bob, Alex Smith, was the quarterback. Really? He was the quarterback that day. Is that right? And you won the MVP over Alex Smith? Is that what you're saying? No, they, they awarded one to each team. Oh, so okay. He was the uh, offensive guy. I was the offensive guy. What did that say about our offensive output that day, Luke? <laughs> it was tough. It was, uh, it was quite quite the challenge. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, Give us the latest uh, rumor, Luke, the latest rumor about conference realignment. Well, I had, uh, had some, a listener send me send me this on Twitter and appreciate um, when people direct our attention. And so, really, first, the hard stuff, the, the, the trustworthy source, Brett McMurphy, of course, he's with Stadium, and he's been a long-time, um, you know, long-time insider on national news. He says that the AAC – will likely add Colorado State and Air Force next week. So, you know, we've been talking about once the AAC uh, falls into place, then you would know, you know, if, if the Sun Belt would fall into place. Coming on the heels of that, uh, there's there's some word in the Sun Belt that there's possibly will be an announcement next week about Southern Miss, and uh, it appears as if there's another team that may go with Southern Miss to the Sun Belt, and they're kind of waiting on the AAC. Now, you would think that would be Marshall. Um, could be UAB, but but seems as if it, it's Marshall. But, you know, out of some Sun Belt teams, uh, it looks like there's talk that Southern Miss uh, would be would be one of the teams headed to the Sun Belt. And again, all this is, is up in the air, but it's just kind of the latest out there. So I'm tempted to think that next week we'll hear something out of the American, and as soon as you hear that, you'll hear the other stuff coming out. Kelly, would, would – uh... Would the Sun Belt not want UAB, because that's a pretty class program, only because Troy and South Alabama are already in the conference? That's certainly reasonable, that you'd go to decision makers at Troy and South Al and run the idea past them and say, what do you think? You know, And, of course, their response would be, if we had a choice, no. Right. But, but Luke, you, you mentioned that some, of the, some reports are surfacing out of Statesboro, Georgia, which is where Georgia Southern is, that they're, they're kind of hearing that same thing. Yes, that the Eagles may be headed to the Sun Belt? Yeah, some of those Sun Belt voices were, were from the Georgia Southern side. Um, of course, you know, they're kind of uh, – they've got their own little debacle going on, I believe, <laughs> this week, both Sun Belt and Georgia teams. But – but yeah, it seems as if, uh, and we kind of thought this this might happen. Again, it's just all speculation here now. 
But I would think, and, and Kelly, you can follow on that. It would seem as if Marshall would be the other team. Now, of course, they're old school Mac, but you you don't see really them, you know, going back. So it would it would make more sense um, for Marshall to to come to the Sun Belt rather than uh, than go to a MAC conference, which would probably be a step below. Well, the only the only other possibility, just talking, you know, reason and logic, would be Old Dominion. And if that's the case, remember a couple of weeks ago we talked that, that there were reports out of James Madison that Old Dominion uh, could potentially be moving to the Sun Belt with James Madison if James Madison were to go to Division One, But if they were, or, or, you know, 1A. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on, too. But certainly all eyes would be on Marshall, I would think, first uh, and foremost. Uh, the only thing that surprises me out of those reports that, that are surfacing is that UAB would not be a candidate for the AAC right. from a geographic standpoint and from a financial standpoint. And I think in Louisiana, the fact that Louisiana Tech is not involved in these rumors would be that you have Lafayette Monroe. and Monroe already in the Sun Belt, and they, they would be like South Alabama and Troy. We don't want another school from our state. But from a geographical standpoint, what state is missing in, in this scenario? Mississippi, right? And right. And, and so, and we've we've talked about this. Um, so it wouldn't be a surprise. And there are still there are some still hardliners at Southern Miss that still think. And again, it's America, right? That still think that the Sun Belt is a step down. Perhaps two or three years ago, that was more of a sellable argument, in my opinion. But the Sun Belt has advanced with some of the, there's some leadership there and they're aggressively doing what they, what they need to do. So I think the Sun Belt is much more of a viable option now than it was right. two and, years ago. And not just football, Luke Johnson. I would love the idea of Southern Miss playing baseball in the Sun Belt. Yeah, well, you got Lafayette. You think about they would be in your side. Um, you may get to have an opportunity to, to play. Um, you know, Coastal Carolina, who's, who has won a national championship in, South last, Alabama. You know, in the last several years, South Alabama. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's almost a trade-off, I think, probably as far as national or uh, national prominence. And when you look at who's hosted regionals, you may actually be a step up with, with the Sun Belt. So I, I think that's good. It's just funny how, you know, we are where we are for the longest time. Conference USA kind of snubbed their nose at the Sun Belt, but Sunbelt had more visionary leadership, and now they're ahead. And when you yep. look, and when you look from a fan standpoint, we've been over this and over this too. Uh, and if you're a baseball fan, let's just say you're a baseball fan, it's not not hardly a drive at all to go down to Stanky Field in Mobile, right? And you, and we talked about with Coach Fed over at Monroe too. I mean, that would be oh, another yeah, team be great, that would be coming in. And he has Lafayette. that he has that team, you know, on the rise. And we mentioned uh, consistency, which is what Scott Barry has brought to the Southern Miss program. Rodney Hennon has been at Georgia Southern for a long time, and Georgia Southern is not an easy win in any sport. Uh, now, they did fire Coach Lunsford, Chad Lunsford, this past weekend after a 1-2 and two start. He got, he got fired. Yeah. This is a guy that took Georgia Southern to three straight bowl games. And he Isn't got, that crazy? And he got canned and, after and a 1-2 And Luke Johnson, start. as we recall from last year, it really doesn't get much more exciting than Southern Miss and Louisiana Lafayette on the baseball field. Lots of love between the two programs. 
Now, Bob, don't don't already get them against us by calling them Louisiana <laughs> Lafayette. Patrick McGee can tell us all about that. They're the University of Louisiana. Right, right. Uh, if you really want to insult them, just call them the old school name. What was it? Southwestern Louisiana forever? Yeah, you go back to Southwestern Louisiana, yeah. Right. Or, or ooh-la-la. Ooh-la-la. <laughs> or, or you can show them the, uh, the Lynch pimp dance around the bases if you really want to get them good. Eagle Hour has rights to that jersey, so we'll bring you back out. Hey, before we... Uh, before we run out of time in this segment, I do want to make notice of something last night. Not sure if you guys watched Monday night. Quez Watkins, yeah. when the ball is thrown his way, he continues to catch it. Two catches for 46 yards. And when he caught that ball over the defender um, who was interfering with him, my mind just kind of raced back to watching him play for Southern Miss. He's the starting slot receiver from Philadelphia. They need to throw it his way some more uh, because uh, Mr. Heisman, Devontae Smith, had multiple dropped passes last night. And Luke, we've got another Southern Miss receiver that's making news down in Jacksonville. Bring us an update. Yeah, Tim Jones uh, has been signed to the practice squad. Of course, he signed free agent and was cut preseason, but you know, I think the Jaguars are going after anybody and everybody, and their problem really isn't with their receivers. Trevor Lawrence can't throw it to his receivers. He throws it to the other team. But, yeah, yeah Tim Jones um, now back on the practice squad for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and let's be honest, the Jaguars are going to need all hands on deck this Thursday when they face the mighty Bengals you know, at Paul Brown it's Stadium. It's just hard to imagine the drama and national interest of that football game, Cincinnati and Jacksonville. There'll be people just glued to the TV. <laughs> you really think so, Bob? <laughs> See, I didn't think – oh, you're being – sarcastic i get it i, I can't imagine when uh you know most teams say this team hadn't been three and oh or four and oh and however long when's the last time kelly the Bengals were two and one yeah mm. when I, I remember i have a picture Kenny anderson was the quarter well i was wearing i remember wearing a political button that said i like ike when, <laughs> <laughs> when was that about 58 bob right yeah, I think that's something like right. that. You have to tell Luke after the show who I get. I'm sure he does. <laughs> okay. But man, uh, Luke digging up some really good stuff today, Luke. Way to go. All right, Luke. We appreciate you, buddy. Sorry you got tossed from your studio, but uh, I'm sure the guys will let you back in tomorrow. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you guys. All right. Luke Johnson, everybody, on the road reporting for the Eagle Hour. With some pretty good stuff, you're right. I don't, I don't think it's going to be any surprise. But look, if if you're just a, a somewhat regular listener of the Eagle Hour, write down Friday. This is Tuesday. Right. This coming Friday, Jeremy McLean will be here, and you know we're going to ask him. We'll be back. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour sponsored by D1 and D-Bat. Great training facilities right here in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street. Really state-of-the-art stuff. Uh, D-Bat trains uh, kids and adults in baseball and softball. D1 training, uh, training for every athlete of every sport. Uh, check them out there on Hardy Street and uh, you won't be sorry that you did. All right, uh, the Eagle Hour on the road Thursday. Kelly and Michael will be at Bocoma Casino in Sandersville back at the Sportsbook. First of uh, three appearances there. 
over the next couple of months. Also a reminder that Athletic Director Jeremy McLean will be joining us Friday. Really do appreciate uh, his regular appearances on the Eagle Hour and what a timely uh, timely week to have him on. So make sure that you tune in Friday. All right, engineers in and out of the building. And, and who walks in but the biggest celebrity in Super Talk? <laughs> Scary Gary comes in the building. To what do we owe this honor, Gary? I'm on uh, tower site runs and uh, delivery f- of water to you and waiting on my engineers to finish up this uh, internet. It's special when this man walks in the room. You know that, right? Well, he he is our official uh, Eagle Hour NASCAR insider. Yes, he, of course, he is. The big race in Dega this weekend. Oh yeah, Talladega. He'll go real fast. So who's go, who's going to wind up winning the cup? Denny Hamlin won last week, but who's who's uh, the it, odds it, are? It's going to be the number five of Kyle Lars. You think so? And and that was a car that didn't even exist last year, right? I mean, well, the five has been around for that's a Hendrix. That was Papa Joe's original team and of course terry labani was the number five but but they retired it for a while they didn't didn't run the five casey kane was driving it for a yeah, while and so too. and so was uh kurt bush but yeah there's been a lot of folks in the five but yeah he i mean just think last year kyle wasn't even racing for his little comment that he made during when they were having the eye race you know the i heart races and um and Mr. Hendrick was smart enough that after he went through all his rehabilitation, he hired him up because he's a he's a heck of a race car driver. And, and we talk uh, to fill in some blanks here to talk about the rehabilitation of of Kyle Larson when when the pandemic was at its height and nobody was doing anything. They had uh, you know racing simulators that were being televised. They were, so it was a, it was a it was e-race. a race. But they were all in, in simulators at their house, right? And and being at his house. He used a term that's derogatory to one segment of our population that went out for everybody in the nation, as it turns out, to hear. And um, when he said that, uh, of course, that was not received very well. Ganassi fired him and all. And he had to go through sensitivity training and Hmm. all that kind of training, retraining. And so now he's on the cusp of, uh, of winning the cup. Yeah. Well, he's got a lot better ride, too. Well, that, that helps. <laughs> that helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Gary, you're a big NASCAR guy, so I'm going to ask you this question I've heard for years. Are NASCAR drivers athletes? Yes. Kelly? I agree. I agree. Okay, look. You can't sit in that car for three and a half hours at 125 degrees, driving at 160, 170 miles an hour constantly for for three and a half hours and you're inches away from everybody else and you don't you don't make a mistake a lot of a lot of athletics is eye hand coordination and certainly to gary's point eye hand coordination when you're a split second away from going into the wall um also the g-forces are working against your neck at those speeds the power that you have the strength in your forearms that you have to be able to do to turn those cars at those speeds um yeah they're for their if you've ever noticed bob when they show the in-car camera the steering wheels they sit with the steering wheel almost in their chest mm-hmm. well if you're holding let's say a five pound weight and you're holding it out like you're driving your car and you hold it out for three and a half hours or twist it back and forth you get tired but if you hold that five pound weight up against your close to your body and twist it back and forth you're not using nearly the strength to control to control it what do, what do you make of the year the rather lackluster year although he's still in the in the chase that kyle bush has had uh, look kyle could win at any moment it's just 
they're they're in a cycle. I mean, all these teams run through cycles. I mean, they'll be cold as uh, North Pole, and then the next week they're hotter than fire. I mean, it's of course now it's changed. The racing has really changed because there's no practice, no qualifying. It's just basically the engineers set the car up for what they think it's going to be, and you start the race, and you know they throw a competition caution at 25, and you got to try to fix whatever's not close on that first pit stop. Once the pandemic is in order to, to a I degree. I honestly think that NASCAR will go from back? now on will do this. You don't think they'll go back to a qualifying format? No, because they were they were in the process of talking back several years. This has been going on for several years to having one-day shows, which is just about turned into a one-day show now. And they they did it in cut. I mean, they did it in truck, and they did it at Xfinity for years. Well, they'd have a one-day show. You show up, you qualify, you practice, qualified, and raced all in one day. Well, now that they've done away with the practice and qualifying, you just show up and race. And you know what's interesting to me, Bob, in, in this media world that we live in now, just about every professional sport, the TV ratings are way down. There's only one. NASCAR. Where the ratings are up. NASCAR. Right. Well, you guys just make me feel like I don't know anything. You guys could talk NASCAR all hour. Oh yeah. You? oh, yeah. Well, tune in Sunday. It'll be, a, it'll be an exciting race. Scary Gary. Thank you, buddy. It's good to see you. Good to see y'all. All right. Eagle Hour back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.